0: Who's your angry news guy? It's Frank. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of To Be Frank. It's been a long break, a long hiatus. Things come up, life gets in the way, but I am back. Got some really crazy important news has to get talked about. So I decided that this was the perfect opportunity, the perfect jumping off point to come back on, uh, just get a really good conversation going for everybody who listens Um, this topic that we want to talk about today is going to be like a really, it's intense. It's, it's a crazy thing that's happening right now. Um, so I am going to be joined by my very good friend, two-time recurring co-host, uh, Andrew Carey. Andrew, say hi.
1: I'm glad glad to be back. I wish it was under better circumstances. Obviously I always get brought on for the more morbid subjects, but, uh, definitely needs to be talked about. So I'm glad, glad to be here.
0: Yeah. It'd be a little easier if we could just talking about Ted Cruz's tweets again today, but...
1: Yeah, exactly. There was like, I don't know, some good news maybe in the world that's happening, but...
0: Uh, a of... I don't know. off the top of my head, I literally can't think of any good news that's happening in the world right now. Yep,
1: that's living in an American hellscape, but it's fine. So yeah. what, it what are we talking about
0: today, man? I'll hit him with it. All right. So tonight, Andrew and I, or today, Andrew and I are going to be talking about the current Israel-Palestine crisis that is happening. Um, we're going to really focus on what is happening in that region, what is happening to Palestine? What Israel is doing? Um, kind of where things are coming from both ends. The history of it a little bit to fill you in, and then just kind of really just all the details that I feel like a lot of the media, um, especially if you're just tuned into like like if you're just like a casual news consumer, you turn into like CNN, NBC. I don't know how we would possibly have somebody listening to this who listens to Fox News, but if you do, you're only going to hear part of it. Um, so we really wanted to kind of dive into like the stuff that you're just not going to hear about this conflict. Um, to really kind of put more perspective on it that I feel like a lot of people just, like I said, like, aren't really getting access to. I agree with that. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like it's definitely important to focus a little bit of our time here on like the the
1: general history of it dating back into the 19th and 20th century. But I feel like if we were to, if we were to do an entire history lesson on the history of the Israel Palestine conv- uh, conflict, we could, we could use up the whole, you know, hour, hour and a half of this pod that we have. So.
0: Yeah also I feel like I would need a degree to do that like
1: <laughs> Yeah yeah exactly but I feel like I have a I have a general understanding enough to like at least give a brief history for people that are coming in completely confused cuz I know there's a lot of it's not very uh commonly recognized in like the public opinion of like what's going on so Yeah definitely provide a little bit of context to people before we get into like uh
0: Yeah cuz I mean I'll admit like again like before I really got like looking into this subject and things like that I uh I wasn't even aware of the fact that like Palestine is technically like occupied territory in the Israeli state, like it's Israeli-Palestine, it's, it's all the nuance to it, I was entirely unaware of. Um, and just the literal geographical context of it too, like before before really looking into this issue when it came back into the, the news cycle, now that I'm old enough to actually understand what's going on, uh, yeah, I had no idea about the details of this sort of stuff. So. <coughs>
1: Well, I, I would say that just generally I feel like one of the biggest misconceptions about this whole conflict is that, that it's like this irredeemable, inconsolable, permanent religious dispute that's based upon like religious identities and things like that. But it's, it's honestly a lot simpler than that. It's mostly based around land and who the the right to the land that that they're disputing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure.
1: It dates back to the 19th century, but it really picked up steam after World War One.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, when all the Zionists in Europe that were fleeing cross persecution for like the last hundred, few hundred years, and to be honest with you, like I, we're gonna we're gonna do a lot of shitting on Israel as this goes on, but like I I do sympathize with the early Zionist movement of wanting to find a nation state where they could you know be free from persecution because for you know hundreds and hundreds of years the Jews were like number one on everyone's hit list you know oh and for like, sure every, every, I mean you every, still see it through today. Yeah, exactly. Anti-Semitism is still very much, very much a factor in, in uh, U.S. political discourse and international discourse in general.
0: I mean, just look at the fact that literally, like the conspiracy theory to start all conspiracy theories was the protocols of the Elders of Zion. Like it was specifically targeting, yeah, uh, the Jewish people.
1: Yeah, and even still, like a lot of right, what a lot of right-wing uh, American political organizations. Still, still raise the Jewish question of like if the Jews are trying to turn America into turmoil over like racial. Always, issues. man. <laughs> Always, <laughs> man. You know, Char- Charlottesville. Charlottesville. Yeah, exactly, like, exactly. Jews will not replace us. Like, it's, it's still very real. So, I don't want anything that we end up discussing today to um, be misconstrued as anti Semitism. It is very, very uh,
0: singularly a criticism of, of the uh, Israel state. Yeah, the yeah. actions of a nation, not of the people.
1: Well, with that being said, um, around – like, there was migration from the Jews to Israel earlier than this. But around uh, – after the end of World War One, the Ottoman Empire fell and uh, Britain and the French, like, divided up the Middle East pretty evenly between the two of them. Mm-hmm. So they they maintained a lot of control. And after that, the British allowed Jewish settlers to move in at a higher rate than before. So you would see thousands and thousands of more Jewish people migrate to Israel – under under the British law, like they were they very much okayed it. But after violent clashes between the Arabs that were already there and the Jewish settlers, the uh the British then like restricted migration from Jewish settlers, mm-hmm. which then prompted the Jewish settlers that were already there to form like militia groups to fight not only the British Empire, but also the Arabs that were already occupying the land. Yeah sporadic fighting went on like that for about a year and then in 1947 the uh united nations drew up a map which is it's not like 100 accurate to today because obviously things have moved around but like that was the first time that a two-state solution was drawn up yeah yeah neither side particularly cared for that though and that was what led to the war in 1948
0: yeah yeah Uh... I'm pulling up I got this thing right here it was uh according to BBC Jewish leaders were like they were cool with it they thought that it was a cool plan but the Arab side uh didn't agree with it so it never really came through
1: Yeah I mean but that that's that's what you'll see on websites like the BBC but it was it was uh it was definitely still disputed by by a lot of the settlers and the militia groups that were already on the ground in Israel
0: Yeah when you give they, they land to like, people when you give land to people yeah, they, and there's no actual guidelines for uh, like where yeah. your land starts and stops, you're gonna just assume everything is yours.
1: I, I will say though that there is some merit to the fact that the the Arabs that were already there definitely took more of offense to it, but like it was always a part of the Israeli plan to like to take as much for themselves. That's why immediately after it was drawn up, they were trying to you know take more, take more than they could. You know what I mean? It, and so after that. The war of 1948, Israel ended up winning that. Mm-hmm. And um, almost immediately after the U.S. declared Israel a Jewish state, which was like really big at the time. And uh, also to the Holocaust after that kind of galvanized support from like the international community at large towards the idea of a Jewish nation state, mm-hmm. which is kind of which is kind of what's led to like the prevailing. uh public opinion right now of Israel even even
2: as they continue to do, you know, terrible things. Yeah.
1: But yeah, so flash forward flash forward to that lots of the land that has was occupied by the Palestinians has been pushed back and pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. Mm-hmm. And with all of that, the uh the the general state and the, the people who run it of Israel have have shifted completely to the right, like the far right. Oh yeah yeah skipping a lot of obviously uh important historical moments since then that just gives a little bit of a like a precursor i guess to the situation that we're in now
0: yeah definitely yeah
1: as as of right now
0: oh go go ahead ahead. no you go ahead i was gonna say um (laughs) i was i was looking through this article while you were saying that and um i'm not sure if you had mentioned too that like just As we continue to say that, like, more um, Jewish people would move in and they would try to control, like, the Palestinian land for themselves, um, obviously, you can't bring people in without pushing people out. So at at every moment that there was immigration, there was also a forced emigration of the Palestinian people. They were evicting them from their homes. They were taking control of land that they felt was theirs. Um,
1: we're, we're still talking now in the the mid to late 20th century right like this isn't
0: this isn't yeah no this is around 80s. like the 19 this is between like the 1940s in 1948 when you were talking about the war of 1948 um, that was like the biggest time for it because after the war um, not only did like <clears throat> excuse me not only was Israel involved in that war but a lot of other Middle Eastern countries were on the side of um, Israel as well so they wound up uh, evicting like hundreds of thousands of Palestinian people from their homes, and that was when they started to really, really get forced into areas like um, Gaza, the West Bank, Golan Heights. Like that was when those lines started to be like originally defined. But the evictions have just continued on since then. So for about
1: one hundred percent, it's been a constant. It's been a constant expansion of of, uh, of Jewish uh, occupied land since
0: then. Yeah, at this point, it's been like what fifty. 60, 70 years of just consistent, like, evictions and displacement of people.
1: Yeah, and if you look at the maps, like, there, I've seen a bunch of maps circulating online, like, of what was the Palestinian land, like, early, you know what I mean, in, in the 19th mm-hmm. century, and then at, up through the 20th century, and then to today, like, they, they have pushed these people to, like, the legitimate, like, smallest amount of land that they could possibly occupy.
0: Yeah, and they not only pushed yeah. them into this small amount of land, but it's not like it's, like, a unified piece of land. Like it's not like oh, yeah, Israel was like yeah, you yeah. can have this this corner. They've deliberately separated these people.
1: That's why. That's why. I mean, we'll get into this a little bit later. But that's why in 2014, whenever like the like before this, the worst conflict that was there in decades was in 2014. And one of the biggest concerns that Netanyahu had was that the West Bank and the and Gaza would would unify, mm-hmm. that they would they would become like a. a like a unified block, even though they're not geographically, you know, located near each other, they would be, they would become like, like unified in their resistance. Yeah, for sure. That's why even, even today, like a lot of the, a lot of the violence is almost exclusively in Gaza. And like, I mean, there's still been, there's still been clashes in West Bank, but it's not, it's not nearly what's like what's happening in Gaza.
0: Yeah. And I mean, we can talk a bit, I guess, about why it's so focused on Gaza um, I don't know if we want to get to that point yet, if we want to mention Hamas yet, but.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, that's, that's honestly a lot of it. They, they, they hide behind the the facade that like Hamas is this like completely, uh, adm- admirable force that's going to like, you know, pose a significant threat to Israeli life.
0: Yeah. Which not defending, uh, the actions of Hamas on this, yeah, uh, podcast. 100%.
1: Yeah, I'm not I'm not No, I, I didn't think you I, were. I, I know but... I know that there are people, I've seen people who are pro Hamas. Yeah. And like I I don't I don't subscribe to that. I feel like if you're firing rockets indiscriminately at civilians and targeting, you know, schools or whatever. Yeah, besides no yeah, yeah, what yeah. doing it, it is it is not it is not uh morally
0: defendable. No, not at all. I don't care what your justification can be for it. Um, but that's I mean, that's why like Gaza is hit so hard by this, because they get to hide under the fact that like, ah well, Hamas is there and they're they're attacking us and they're firing these rockets and we need to stop them. We need to get rid of them. Uh, so we are going to just blanket demolish this land.
2: And
1: with that being said, too, like um, I, I will say, while I don't defend Hamas, I, I do understand why. Why they've been able to to garner so much power inside of gaza and palestine at large like it's uh if you're constantly kept in conditions that are subhuman Mm -hmm. like you can't be surprised whenever whenever you look to a protector you know i mean they're they're looking to Hamas. the people of palestine and not everybody not every palestinian um like views hamas favorably Mm -hmm. but enough of them do that like that they they are like the established government for palestine right now yeah so, yeah, just in general, like, in the conditions that would lead to a conflict and, like, Hamas gaining power in general, like, let's just take a look at some of the some of the conditions that the Palestinian people are kept in, especially in Gaza. As, as we talked about before, there's forceful transfers and forced evictions, controlled demolitions, too, of, of, of uh, Palestinian buildings and residential structures, uh, to date, 848 residential buildings in the West Bank alone were demolished for uh, for the for the reasoning of having the lack of an Israeli issued permit, which is almost impossible for people to obtain.
2: Yeah,
1: like there's there's hundreds and hundreds of permits that have that are still out like ongoing that have yet to be
0: accepted and issued. So, also, like, that, very quickly, just yeah. the absolute absurdity of. Palestinian people living in what they can only assume is supposed to be their own land and their own territory that they should be allowed to live in autonomously, because it wasn't that the point of why Israel has just been pushing them into these corners. So they can be like, that's yours. You can live there. You can do Palestinian things there. And then also to still say, but you need Israeli building permits in order to construct anything, like in order to have apartments, in order to have schools like that's absurd.
1: Yeah, 100 percent. And not only like the demolitions are terrible because it's like destroying property that was owned by Palestinians, but also mm-hmm. these, these Israeli settler organizations a lot of times will just force people out of their homes and then move in. Like they will just reflect like it's like they they get an hour or whatever to, to remove all the belongings that they need from the house. And then after that, a home that was 100 percent. Owned and and lived in by Palestinian families can just be given away to Jewish settlers within a day or
0: two, mm-hmm. which I guess is a sneak peek to yeah, when we talk about now, exactly, what is exactly. yeah what kickstarted the current situation. And aside aside from like the reclaiming
1: of land or not reclaiming but the claiming of land and uh, forced evictions and stuff, there's also been like consistent and uh, and frequent like conflicts between. Law enforcement and Palestinian citizens and stuff. Yeah, which, which includes like the willful execution of children that have like the UNSCOM had had no no threat to life for the officers.
0: Really? Yeah,
1: so I no, didn't no,
0: hear anything about that.
1: No matter how you slice it, that's a war crime. Like, yeah. we're gonna that that phrase is gonna come up a lot because there's been a lot of war crimes committed, but like <laughs> killing children who pose no threat. You know what I mean? Or even. Or even children who like are armed with rocks. You know what I mean. Like it's not if yeah, you yeah. have if you're in like, a full military like like gear. Yeah. And there's like, a yeah. and there's a group of kids that have, are armed with rocks. Like there needs to be a way to like to yeah. handle the situation without killing. them, I mean, you know what I mean.
0: And I mean that's actually like oddly enough that's now becoming just a universal thing across the, across the globe where. Uh, police in riot gear and uh, police forces and military forces they just don't like having things thrown at them, and yeah. so they'll it, just fucking kill you
1: and on on the same on the same argument as that there's been a lot of illegal detention by Israeli authorities. Um, they detained thousands of Palestinians without charge for undisclosed amounts of time without allowing families into Israel to visit them mm-hmm. and without uh, giving them many opportunities to call from inside of Israeli prison, yeah yeah. As well as that, hundreds of Palestinian children are held without trial and interrogated without their parents' presence, which is 100% illegal, also held for undisclosed amounts of time. Yeah. And uh, soldiers, soldiers, there's been documents that have leaked that have soldiers have tortured detainees, both adults and children, and sexually assaulted women prisoners.
0: Oh, very, very cool stuff
1: yeah there's so there's there's no way around that if you're if you're kept in those conditions like it's it's in and expected to to behave one hundred percent in a docile manner like it's just unrealistic you know what I mean yeah. There's, yeah,
0: yeah there's no way no for sure I mean, you read about that stuff in the history books and that's like Pinochet shit that's like oh he's the bad guy like yeah,
2: 100%. and
1: I mean th- this is obviously escalated a lot with like the rise of Netanyahu like who in my personal opinion is like The closest thing we've had to a hitlerian figure in like you know decades now there's been been bad dictators who have done really terrible things but this is the closest we've ever seen to like a legitimate ethnic cleansing like they are trying to rid rid their state of of people who aren't don't fit the mold of what they believe to be like i'll say turkey's pretty bad (laughs) yeah 100 i'm I'm just saying that in terms of like systematically eliminating them you know oh yeah
0: definitely definitely
1: also, Which, we haven't even gotten to the to the blockade yet. That's been that's going into its 14th year now. Like air, land, and sea blockade of the Gaza Strip impacting people, goods, AIDS, entering and leaving the area.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: like they don't have access to health care. You know what I mean? There's there's like in yeah. the entire area of Palestine, there's a very limited amount of hospitals. And if you need to go to see a like a, a specialist or like a specialized um medical procedure like a lot of times you'll you'll have to just suck it up. There's been yeah. tons of people who've died but from lack of access to uh
0: healthcare. Meanwhile Israel has one of the best healthcare systems and 100, yeah 100, a great standard of living for their people.
1: 100 percent and not only that but like all of these problems that were already going on in with like access to healthcare in Palestine has only been amplified by like the COVID
0: outbreak. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean Israel has COVID vaccines and they are just deliberately not allowing Palestinian people access to uh the vaccine.
1: Yeah, 100 percent And
0: and they destroyed their only testing site in Gaza.
1: Yeah. So there's no way to know exactly who is testing positive in in Palestine right now. I mean I'm sure there there are there are ways that they're still getting like positive tests out there, but like it's not at a level that you would need to accurately understand the level that covid is impacting
0: them you know what I mean? yeah they have no understanding what their covid crisis is like meanwhile so, israel is getting vaccinated yeah. at one of the highest and, rates in and the and on,
1: on top of that they have over 1500 deaths from covid which like to me sounds like a bullshit number because if you can't tell who has it how yeah. are you being able to tell you know what i mean how can you tell who who has died from it yeah yeah I, that number in my opinion is way higher than 1500
0: yeah i mean if people can't go to doctors if people can't get tested like there's no way to possibly know I mean, I guess then we can. That brings us to uh, what really sparked off the most recent rounds of violence, the most recent, most recent disputes, and uh, where we are today. Yeah, so I,
1: I, I'll say this: there are, there's, like, is like high-ranking Israeli offici- officials have said that they view these conflicts with with Gaza and Palestine at large as mowing the grass, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. As, things, as things that just periodically need to happen
0: in order to like. Yeah, like, in the herd in a way again i mean yeah they want they want to rid them uh so that they can just settle and move in yeah
1: 100 but but also too like they it's they can't just they can't just start bombing gaza for unprovoked you know what i mean they they're very cunning in the way that they uh provoke these conflicts mm-hmm. so that they can that they have the cover from the international community Definitely. and the United States. To, to commit these, these war crimes. But yeah. I personally have a, not, not, not just me. There's many people that feel this way, but it's, I think it's a little bit suspicious that this, uh, this current conflict just happens to, uh, coincide with the fact that Netanyahu was indicted earlier this year for, you know, bribery, fraud, and brief of trust charges, which he had just entered a plea of uh, not guilty in February. And, the trial is ongoing and the first witness testimony began in April fifth. Yeah. There was a center left there was a center left and opposing like uh constituency that was rising up to like, you know, put pressure on him, you know what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And now now all those talks are completely gone. You know what I mean? Like there's no one's no one's talking about Netanyahu's uh indictment and ongoing trial right now ever yeah.
0: in, like, Well hopefully soon they'll talk about his war crimes, but
1: yeah, exactly, but
0: don't count on that because it's it like his public opinion now in Israel has gone through the roof. You know, what I mean, they view him as like a protector. Oh yeah,
1: which is what strong men have done. You know, forever time throughout history. Yeah, one hundred percent forever.
0: Everybody always needs to find a group that they can other, and then by othering yeah. that group, uh, they convince everyone else to do the same. Um, yeah, so I mean, I guess like I said, like we keep getting like really close to it, but I just want to talk quickly about like what it is that brought us here unless you had something else that you wanted to mention about like the conditions
1: uh not so much the conditions just that it was the general goal of bb to provoke hamas into launching these rockets in the first place yeah all of of the events that we're gonna that you're gonna get into here in a minute like 100 were designed to get hamas to shoot the rockets off definitely they they can have the video the the missile or the the iron dome shooting down all these missiles and they could put it on every station in Israel. No be better like,
0: propaganda.
1: Yeah, we're under attack, you know what I mean? So I need yeah. to...
0: Fight. Not only are we under attack by an enemy, it's, it's again, it really is, like, the typical, like, fascist stuff. Like, we're under attack by an enemy who is strong and scary. But look how much stronger we are than them. Watch this as we defeat this enemy who is simultaneously strong but weak. Yeah. So yeah, so in order to provoke Hamas into firing these rockets then, um, which I don't know, did we define, real quick for the listeners, did we define what Hamas, like, just very briefly, like, Hamas is just the militant group um, that's kind of de facto in control of Palestine. I know, Andrew, you mentioned that at the beginning, um, but just because I feel like I'm throwing a lot of words out that, again, prior to two months ago, I didn't really know anything about, so... um, But Hamas is, like, located in the Gaza Strip, which is in, like, southwest Israel. Um,
1: They have have, have cells that reach out past that. But, yeah, they are primarily that's that's,
0: Yeah, yeah. That's where their big focus is. Um, So there is a – one of, like, the first, like, inciting incidents uh, recently is that there is a really big, um, important mosque to the Palestinian people. Um, Yeah, yeah, I was about to say. I don't remember the name, and I don't want to try and butcher it. Um, what what is it? It's
1: the it's the thir- it's the it's the Al Aqsa Mosque, and it's the third holiest site in all
0: of the Islam religion. Okay, so um, this really, really holy and important site to these people, um, and the Israeli government and police forces uh, set up barricades around the mosque, and they said that it was going to be in order to. Uh, like control traffic and like all this sort of stuff, but really it was just restricting the Arab people's access to uh, again, like the holiest site for them.
1: And the reason the reason that they justified setting up those barricades around the mosque was because of the the largely not entirely, but largely peaceful protests that had been going on for weeks before that, because of these planned evictions in that
0: were going through uh, Jerusalem. Oh, okay. I was going to mention yeah. the evictions. I thought the evictions yeah, yeah, yeah. came after the barricades.
1: No, 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 that was that was. They they've been in the court systems now for a while, and like it was, it appeared to be imminent. Like the evictions were one hundred percent happening. Uh, okay. So there was like these organic. No, and I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, sugarcoat anything. They were largely peaceful protests, not entirely, but largely peaceful protests
2: mm-hmm.
1: through, through Jerusalem and through the Old City that uh, that Israel then used to justify. Uh, Closing in on on the Al Aqsa Mosque during yeah. not only that but during the holy month of Ramadan. Yes, so that, that's one of the most important aspects of this whole
0: thing. Yeah, and so then to just continue on with like the events as they proceed, uh, the evictions were still uh, up in the air. There was still a possibility that it was happening. Israeli police forces were starting to like march into areas and like try to like forcefully remove people. Um, and it wasn't just like the Israeli police forces. Every time that I mention the Israeli police also understand that for every police officer, there was also a private citizen who joined in on whatever this mob of Israeli forces was doing. The police were allowing private citizens to join their essentially lynching mobs. Um, So when all of this happens, people again continue to protest at the mosque. And so finally one day the police uh, showed up at the mosque and they barged in, fired rubber bullets, tear gas, uh stun grenades like concussive grenades
1: people while these people are praying like there there are images of these people mid-prayer while police are storming through the the building
0: and their justification was because this is the center of all these protests and you disperse them but they stormed into the mosque uh during the
1: holy month of during the holy month of ramadan
0: yes and so uh the people in and around the mosque did respond by throwing i don't know like fireworks and stuff like whatever they had to respond. Um, it turned into a little bit of a, a scuffle, a little kerfuffle there. Uh, a lot of people on the Palestinian side were injured. Um, and in the process over 300. Yeah. yeah. okay, I didn't even see the official number yet.
1: Yeah, there, was, there was over 300 injured and many of them were seriously.
0: There were there were cases of people who like lost eyes. Yeah, I mean, you can't shoot rubber bullets at unarmed people. Unarmed yeah. people, like they call them non-lethal. They're just less, less lethal. Like you're still gonna, you can still die. Um, but during this whole, uh, during the whole scuffle, uh, a tree outside of the mosque lit on fire. Um, there is no confirmed report as to who caused it. It's very possible that it was both. Like, it's possible that it was either side, um, because in the middle of everything, in the heat of the moment, both sides were actively engaging one another. Um, But when the tree was set on fire, there is video of the Israeli people um, who were around and watching this. Thousands. Thousands, yes, chanting and singing um, and celebrating the fact that they think the mosque is going to burn down. Uh, And the song that they're singing, according to a reporter on the ground in Israel who translated it, um, I don't have the exact translation, but it was something along the lines of the song about uh, Samson in the Bible who was attacked by the Philistines and they plucked out both his eyes. And so he said, for both my eyes, I will take their lives or something along those lines. Um, So they are saying that if this mosque was to burn down, it is retribution for whatever
2: tragedy they think that, yeah,
0: whatever they think the Arab people have done to them. Um, But also talking about the fact that like Netanyahu and the Israeli state is starting to become very like ethno-nationalist and very fascist. Uh, In the same sense that Netanyahu is this strong man, part of fascism is creating people who are willing to die in a death cult for you. And it
1: definitely seeps into the to to the culture at large inside of
0: the state. And it's like the willingness of people to accept that they might die uh, in order to wipe out their adversaries. Uh, Spoiler alert, Samson kills himself uh, in order to destroy the temple and kill the Philistines. So it's just this like weird death cult that's emerging.
1: Yeah, 100. And I also I, I think it's important to note,
0: like while
1: while the 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 raiding of the mosque, which happened over that weekend four times throughout f- a five day span, like it was over five days that that mosque was routinely raided during what was still amounted to be the holy month of Ramadan. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I, I'm gonna keep bringing that point up because it's like, oh, it's like disgusting. That, 100%, yeah, it's 100 designed to provoke a response. You can't you, you can't. Destroy somebody's right to, to pray. You know what I mean. Right, right to celebrate the holy month in the third holiest uh, landmark in all of Islam.
2: Yeah. yeah. But on top of that, all that whole situation
1: with the mosque came on the back of uh, an April twenty second, March of right wing Israelis through the Old City of Jerusalem in the uh, the Sheikh Jarrah neighborhood that was that was going to be where the evictions were at. Yep. These right-wing Israelis marched through the city, chanting "Death to Arabs!" Mayor village burn, and harassing and attacking families and throwing rocks at like buses and and uh, Palestinian
2: residents. Yeah.
1: yeah. And that that was only that was only two weeks before the mosque thing in the first place. So like 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 to your point, there's there's definitely a fusion of of like the Israeli defense and security forces as well as private citizens. And like you know right wing nationalists mm-hmm. they're they're almost they're almost like uh lost up in arm with each other, you know what I mean, oh for sure, for sure, so like w- with that with that lead up, I think we did a pretty good job uh describing the raid on the mosque like after that it was it was pretty much I don't want to say left Hamas with no options, but you can't be surprised at the actions that Hamas took
0: after that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just a clear, it's the clearest provocation that I think we've seen in recent uh-huh.
1: years. After that, the, the Hamas sent the rockets over, none of which hit any Israeli structures. There were some that landed in fields. Most of them were intercepted on the yeah. first wave of, of, of rocket launches.
0: I want to jump in really quickly. Uh, whenever people talk about like Israeli rockets and Hamas rockets, I think it's important for context for people to understand. Hamas doesn't actually have, like, it's not a state military. They're yeah, a militia. They are militant people. They don't have any funding. There's a blockade. They can't receive arms like they do. It, obviously they they navigate it in a way because they do have them, but they can't receive them. So they're certainly not receiving military uh, military weaponry in the same level that Israel is. So like, When people say Hamas fires weapons and fires rockets into Israel, they are just, like, they they describe it as being indiscriminate, but it's indiscriminate because they literally don't have the weapon capabilities to shoot guided missiles, to carry out
2: uh,
0: formulated attacks.
2: I
1: would agree with that to an extent, but there is also cases of Hamas targeting, like, areas where they know that will be, dense. like, they want to hit schools, they want to hit infrastructure of the Israelis that would cause them harm in the same way that they've been,
0: you know, targeted. Definitely. Definitely. But like, like, and not I, that
1: any of those have any chance of, of connecting with, with those buildings or anything, but that is definitely, that is definitely the goal.
0: Yeah. It's the goal for sure. But like, just like to the, the clear like different imbalance of power that exists between the oh, two yeah, of well, them.
1: They don't have the capacity to like really, really amount to any, any serious damage to like, yeah. To Israel and or their empire.
0: no, because Whether like you said like targeted or not there's definitely a giant barrier. Yeah, cuz like you said like they fired off the first barrage and the iron dome intercepted them. Like yeah, which the United States gave to Israel. 100%. And then, and then
1: since since that happened the first round there's been a constant bombardment from, from air and ground from Israel onto Gaza. Mm-hmm. Which, To date like this, these are, these are the numbers as of this morning. Okay. 213 total Palestinians dead, including sixty-one children, thirty-six women, and sixteen senior citizens. That's according to the Palestinian Ministry of Health. Yeah. And and like like I like like back to the COVID numbers, they don't have the resources to truly measure all of the casualties right now. Mm-hmm. They're still pulling bodies out of rubble.
2: Yeah, I was just
0: about and to say that.
1: There is no way that they have an act like I don't like I don't think that those are accurate numbers. Like they're going to keep going up as the days as the days go on. They continue to
0: recover bodies from from the rubble, yeah. building. No, for sure. Yeah, we won't get an accurate count for a long time.
1: And but like, what you can get in, in a, an appropriate count is, is the the losses on the other side. And I I don't think that you know the loss of life of any child is justifiable. Mm-hmm. But just to put the, just to put things in the context, as of this morning, only twelve Israelis have died including two children. Yeah. And, and like, I'm not, and I don't want to minimize the, the tra- the tragedy of losing a child's life on either side of the conflict. Cause they have, they had nothing to do with this. Obviously Israeli children have nothing to do with, with, you know, what's happening, but yeah, yeah the disparity between the two, like that just goes to show your point of the capabilities of, of their weapon.
0: And that's the thing, like they have, they're making calculated attacks. Um, they know exactly what they're doing. So I'm trying to find. I'm trying to find like a specific headline. I can't. But like you talking about like like um, the the difference of like loss of life in each um, region. I saw like a headline that said something like Hamas kills three Israeli children uh, while sixty two Palestinian children have died. Like it's this like active yeah. and passive voice.
1: Yeah, what, we're, we're gonna get into a little bit later the, the framing of the narrative in the in like
0: US yeah. media
1: in particular, but it just it, came into my head immediately,
0: like, like just like how gross that is.
1: Yeah, what the way that they phrase it is if it's like this tit for tat conflict, you know, like I literally yeah. see those phrase that that exact phrasing tit for tat. Like yeah. this is not a tit for tat like situation.
0: No, because again, <laughs> like we, we see it. Well, I was just yeah. gonna say, like, we see it, like um Israeli death tolls have not really gone up since that like initial strike yeah. meanwhile every single day Palestinian people are losing their lives also Gaza is like 43% children the population of Gaza yeah. so like after at every single strike that Israel makes no matter what how well they think that they're targeting their whatever they think their target is uh they absolutely are going there's a 43% chance that a child is going to be in that in that zone.
1: Yeah, 100%. I also I'll also, to, to your point on that exactly. I have some more updated statistics. This is as of uh May 14th. So this is a little bit old these numbers have obviously increased. Okay. This is tracking the number of deaths on both sides since 2008 up until uh May 14th of this year. So since 2008, 300 or 3,850 Palestinian men have uh, been killed, 585 women have died and 1285 children. Now, on the flip side of that, Israel has lost 212 men, most of which were you know Israeli defense soldiers, mm-hmm. 29 women and 20 children. Like mm-hmm. like like I said before, obviously, you know, the loss of life of women and children is is, is not not morally defendable at all, but just it just gives you a little bit of uh, insight into the disparity between the two. Like twenty yeah. children yeah. on the Israel side to twelve hundred and eight or twelve hundred and eighty-five children on the Palestinian side.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely insane. Yeah. Just the that's, disparity that there is there.
1: And that's that's not even including, you know, like the bloodiest days of this conflict have been since May 14th. So like that number is definitely over
2: thirteen hundred and fifty.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because then we see like, that, you know, it's just been a series of back and forth. um, And it brings us to, I don't know if there's something else you wanted to mention before we get to like the Al Jazeera building and everything.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, that was, that's,
0: yeah,
1: we, we can, we can jump right in. I got a lot of thoughts on that.
0: Yeah. So real quick, just I'll give the context and you can dive right in. Um in Palestine, there is uh, like a large skyscraper houses like their media infrastructure there, pretty much. Al Jazeera America, it's really, associated, yeah, the,
1: epi- the epicenter of all of Gaza, in, in there.
0: It, it really is. So it's it's Al Jazeera America, uh, it's Associated Press, it's BBC, and then it's like uh, Palestinian media companies as well.
1: Yeah, like lots of there's like lots of local uh,
0: news and radio networks as well as mm-hmm. they. Yeah, it's just the like the international ones were the ones obviously that made the headlines because we live in the United States, and that's all that the America cares about.
1: So yeah, they were given they were given one hour to evacuate, mm-hmm. but they weren't told what was happening. So a lot of the a lot of the journalists there left their gear and you know all of the things that normally
0: yep normally you take with, with all, you if you need to evacuate yeah. because that's it, that's your livelihood that is also holds all the information you've been recording about this conflict.
1: Also, it's also a little difficult, though, to make sure that you get all things whenever you have armed, like, Israeli uh, soldiers there making escorting you out of the building, you know? Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean? they say, you have but 60 have you minutes seen, to leave.
1: Yeah, have you seen the video of the man, the, the owner of the building, uh, like, on the phone with, uh, like, I don't know, a general or somebody who's Yeah, he called the man who told him the to, to leave. Yeah asked for 10 minutes to go in and get their gear, pleading with them, saying, like, all of our lives work are in that building. Like, like mm-hmm. don't do, like, give us 10 minutes. And then and when they moments, said, later, yeah,
0: moments later, it was blown up. Yeah, they said, no, we're leveling this building instead. Um, so they leveled the media epicenter, and their justification was that uh, that building Hamas. was housing Hamas. Yeah, but that's um, what
1: they say about everything. That's, like, so. Well, eight, since this conflict has started, Israel has bombed a hospital... A Doctors Without Borders hospital, an international school for children that was funded by charity, and after after each of those strikes, the the rationale was, well, Hamas was there. Yeah. And it's, it's just you can't just use that indiscriminately as a, as a, as an excuse to bomb residential areas. Yeah, yeah. and like an important infrastructure inside of Gaza. You know what I mean? Like
0: because a again, school
1: in a Doctors Without Borders hospital.
0: Gaza is forty three percent children. Hamas cannot be everywhere. It's just, it's impossible. So after Israel bombed this building, um, reports came out that Israel was like saying that they spoke with uh, American officials and they told them Hamas was there and uh, American officials like backed that claim up. Like there were were articles that were coming out from American publications that said that, that spread that Israeli propaganda. And we know it's Israeli propaganda and we know it's a lie. Yeah,
1: they claimed that they had shared it with, with the U.S., they said they had, and this is a quote, smoking gun evidence yeah. that Hamas was inside of the media building. And Which, so... I don't know if we've seen this yesterday. Uh, Se- Secretary of State Blinken for the United States, he said, we have not seen any evidence whatsoever that
0: Hamas is." Because, like, before that, before Blinken even came out, he was pressured to do that because... Um, well, one, he was pressured to do it because, like, it's just, again, it's a war crime. But two... Uh, a very great journalist by the name of Ken Klippenstein um, or Klippenstein, I'm not sure which one it is. I love this guy so much. He's got a great Twitter presence. He's amazing, but he, and so he's really, he's his claim to fame is doing a lot of like FOIA requests. So he's very well versed with speaking to people in the government, uh, very matter of factly. And so he immediately after the article came out, reached out to uh, his contacts and his sources and every single person that he would ask in the government if they had received information that Hamas was in that building and if they shared information with Israel and all that sort of stuff, uh, everybody just said no comment until yeah, eventually somebody know, said just yet. like, no, we had not been in communication with that. And so the story broke that Israel actually lied and that the United States was never consulted. The journalist who wrote the original lie. story had to pull it. it
1: yeah, how, astonishing.
0: How, how, how astonishing. How astonishing. How astonishing.
1: Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I thought that they they knew everything and they were a beacon of...
0: of Also, not only did they lie, but they threw America under the bus with that one.
1: They said Biden will stand by me no matter what, so fuck it. We're just going to... But My thing thing with this whole media building, too, like, I get it. It's terrible. The ramifications of them destroying the media epicenter of Gaza is, is terrible because... Now there's going to be, like, and you've even seen it for the last few days, the, the amount of information that is going to be coming out of the ground of yep. Gaza and Palestine at large is going to be greatly diminished. Like, we, we're going to have a lot less of an idea of the number of casualties of, of the military strategy that Israel's deploying, like, if they're on the ground or not on the ground, you know what I mean, if there's boots on the ground. So it was a systematic dismantling of the ability to report news from inside of Gaza. Yeah, which is which is in any interpretation of international law a textbook war crime. You can't you can't destroy media mm-hmm. establishments. Yeah. But what frustrates me about the situation and the way that the West has reacted to it is now now that the AP has lost their their bureau, that's when now that's when people are starting to be like, Whoa, this is crazy.
0: Yeah, now all of a sudden, not the hospitals, not the schools.
1: But not them targeting individual, well-renowned doctors and, and and medical professionals. Like this is a systematic assault on all of of the infrastructure of Gaza.
2: Like
0: they yeah. have killed
1: they have killed surgeons, doctors. No, Andrew, to...
0: they killed Hamas.
1: <laughs> Hamas doctors. <laughs> yeah, I know that's exactly right. But it's just it's frustrating to me that 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 all that level of carnage was framed in Western media as like violence on both sides and Hamas rockets. And that's justifiable to Western media. But the second that you come for the AP in their, in their like bureau of, of uh, or the, as soon as you come for the AP bureau of, of Gaza like that, that's when it becomes a thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And now with, now everybody, with, everybody yeah. has
0: to pay attention.
1: You fuck with the associated press. And you're going to get some mean articles about you. you How dare you? Yeah, you can have six more children, and it's justifiable. It just goes to show a lot about about Western media in
0: general. Yeah, I mean, they love to... They'll both sides it until they're blue in the face. Like, yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of where we are to date. Yeah. Um, And yeah, it does really bring us to, like, the response from the United States, from the West. Um. Actually, even then, before we even talk about like what the response is from the United States, let's talk about how uh, involved the United States is in Israel's oh, yeah. I, ca- capability mind, to do this. I, do
1: you mind if I take this one? Because I got some, I got some data here that's pretty fucking nuts.
0: Yeah, do your thing.
1: All right, so this is this is like a history of the U.S. Uh, involvement in Israel and like their their funding, and this is according to the con- Congressional Research Services. So the U.S. has provided uh, two dates. Uh, 146 billion dollars to Israel almost entirely in bilateral aid in the form of military assistance mm-hmm. and so this is began in 1959 and an important statistic about this 146 billion dollars it is not adjusted for inflation <laughs> so like so like in if you're if you're going to really calculate it like when if you're giving money in 1959 and 1960 to Israel's military yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, that's going to carry a lot more weight than, than the $30 billion that we're, you know, we're given now. Yeah. Um, two date, non-adjustable for inflation, $146 billion. In 2016, the Obama administration negotiated a $38 billion arms deal with Israel over a 10-year period, which is, was a record in terms of the relationship between the two countries, yep. breaking yep. the previous 10-year agreement that ended in 2018 of $30 billion, $3 million, or $3 billion per year. Mm-hmm. So uh, just even, even yesterday, just, just yesterday,
0: an agreement of an additional $750 million in military aid, of Biden, the Biden administration approved to go to Israel. Just and, yesterday.
2: Yeah, and
0: in the
1: middle of all this going out, and the wildest part is, is that the deal primarily focused on accurate missiles and special munition capabilities.
0: Yeah. Also, he does this, like, obviously, Joe Biden is not going to take a stance against Israel. But he just made a wow. statement and he was like, I just wish both sides could come to a ceasefire. So the yeah, way that he now thinks... He
1: now he does, but last week, the U.S. vetoed a U.N. resolution that would call... Would call for, for a, a, ceasefire. a ceasefire.
0: But what I mean is, like, after he, like, is, like, has to change his mind and has to be like, ah, let's actually work for a ceasefire... His, his, the way that he thinks we'll get to a ceasefire is to just help Israel just blast Gaza into no longer being able to fire back. Because technically then we got a ceasefire. Like
1: to me, though, my, to me, though, in my personal opinion, I just feel like those comments about how he wants a ceasefire now are literally just cover. Like, I don't think that that's what he actually believes. Oh, I no, think yeah, that-
0: he's <laughs> definitely just saving face. That's what I was like trying to get at. Like, his idea of a ceasefire is that to turn Gaza to glass. Because if they can't fire yeah. back, then like Israel doesn't have to keep firing. He's done
1: so much. He's done so much over the last week or so in order to provide enough cover for for Bibi and for the Israeli government to like do what they need to do. They yeah, yeah. Handle it. Just do whatever you gotta do. Hit all the infrastructure places that you need to hit. And you have about a week before I before I actually am gonna start, you know, publicly questioning any of this
0: like there needs to be like the same way that uh, when Donald Trump was like, ah, there's fine people on both sides. This is the same and even worse. This like type of both sides is even worse and it will not get a fraction of the attention that there's very fine people on both sides is going to get.
1: Yeah. 100%. Because so much of, so much of Western media is conditioned over the last like 30 years even even longer that like israel is is needs to be defended at all costs you know what i mean yeah. like i remember in 2014 the first time that this conflict was like really raging there I, i'm spacing on her name and it's actually gonna piss me off that i can't recall it but there was a uh politician in new york oh ramos Maybe, maybe potentially but in uh this, i'm talking in
0: 2014 yeah yeah, so yeah now, no i, I know, I I know exactly name. what you're talking about i'll pull it up actually yeah, i'm gonna she have the she article it on
1: facebook Hold on, let me let me go on this. She she got on Facebook and posted Palestine with like a heart emoji.
0: Jessica Ramos.
1: Yeah, and it derailed her political career for years after that. All she said on Facebook was Palestine heart emoji. Yep. And like, she was torn to shred amongst American politics. So like, I just think I just think it goes to show a lot about how at least in a, in a, in one like good aspect of this situation. It goes to show how, how much room there is for dissent now in in the prevailing opinion that Israel can do no wrong.
0: We're getting like a little, little bit C- better with
1: C- it. Yeah. It not, I would even say, like, in terms of... If, if that was the bar in 2014, Palestine with a heart emoji, and then you are, like, almost banned from politics for, like, years afterwards, then now AOC going onto the congressional floor with, like, pictures of the carnage from from Gaza... Talking about how this is unacceptable, you know, we need to to limit our our uh, aid to Israel. Like that—that's that's a pretty big jump in just seven years.
0: Oh, for sure. There's actually. Let me see if I can pull this up. Um, I have an article here from the Intercept, ba-da-ba, ba-da-ba. It's talking about what they said on the floor because it was like the whole squad. Uh, Corey Bush went up there. But she um,
1: did to leave, who is Palestinian was like in tears on the Congress
0: for like, yeah. I remember, I remember the um, there was also Betty McCollum, Andre Carson, Joaquin Castro. But there's like, I had a count of how many people signed on to this. I can't find it, but there's like a good handful of people. Like people are talking about the squad. Cause they're the ones that are like front and center. They're really bringing it to the front, but there's a good like five, six, seven, eight other people that are joining them. Um, in, like, the fight against uh, the foreign aid that we give to Israel. So, like, it's not great, and it's not actually going to, like, go anywhere. But the but fact that, like, there's a little there's bit of pushback from too. Congress now. Yeah.
1: Well, that, that's the thing that's most important is that, like, I even read this article the other day about how Netanyahu didn't understand or didn't predict that there would be this level of backlash against the situation because, in you know, and every other time that he mowed the grass. As- yeah, because there never was. Yeah, exactly. So now th- there is definitely more international pressure. Like there's in London, there was over one hundred and fifty thousand people that that protested uh, for or on behalf of Palestine. Yeah, globally. Uh, yeah, so it's like it's like uh, it's definitely more. Like that's one thing to hang your hat on is that public opinion for the situation is definitely has definitely moved in the other direction. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the longer that this goes on, like each, like every day it, it, that's coming out is the bloodiest day to yeah. date in Gaza. So the longer that this goes on, the more I feel like you're going to get, especially in the Democratic Party, you're going to get more people that are like, all right, this yeah. is ridiculous now.
0: And I mean, even like, like people like our age, I see on social media all the time, like everybody's sharing stuff about what's going on in Gaza. Like people are, for once, like really like, hyper-aware of what's happening.
1: Well, I agree. I agree with that to an extent, but also, too, like, I just got to air some grievances towards, like, the liberals that I personally follow on social media. There were so many people in the lead-up to the election who was, like, very involved. And those same people now, I feel like, ever since Biden won, they've checked out completely from the political arena. Yeah. Like like, like you said, there are a lot of people sharing images and things that are going on in Gaza, but there's a lot of people who I expected to see more vocal about things. Who are just posting pictures of their lunch or their their walks or their you know what i mean like yeah no you're definitely right wow but in the hypocrisy is, is like you know you, you'll find people who are like well what does it have to do with me like it doesn't matter blah 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 but at the end of the day your tax dollars are going to fund like are funding this like you are this thing, we're
0: paying for this we're paying yeah, for this
1: we, like and not only just we is in like all oh, the country but like you specifically it, like not like not, you can't quantify it and be like well one dollar out of every paycheck but like the hard-earned money that you are laboring for is going mm-hmm. into a pool, which is then being scooped out and, and sent off to Israel to go commit legitimate genocide.
0: We can't do Medicare for all. We can't even lower prescription drug prices, but we can send uh, money to Israel that they then are required to use to purchase weapons from the United States, yeah. uh, and then also they have like a small portion that they can use to purchase weapons from their own manufacturers.
1: And it's just—it's just to me—it's very frustrating because it's like, I—it's just you—you—you you, you said that you cared, you know? I mean, if you, if you you may you build your whole thing around how like, oh, I'm voting for Biden because—and I I respect people that voted for that made the calculation that Biden was the lesser of two evils mm-hmm. or whatever, and that he was gonna—that he was the better choice for you personally. Yeah. All the same people are very quiet now, and it's just like,
2: yeah, it's like because. You like, oh, go did ahead.
1: you actually care about the things that you were claiming that you that you were, like, lecturing other people about? Or you just wanted to not have to think
0: about Trump well, being an opposite? That's the thing. Like, for a lot of people, like, for a lot of people, I actually have both the left and the right. Because for some reason, my Instagram Explore page started uh, featuring, like, Turning Point USA videos to me. Oh, fucking Charlie and, Kirk. And the thing is, I'll watch them because I want to know what they're saying. But now I just get so many of them. So it's yeah. just, if I go on Instagram, it is just flooded with, like, Charlie Kirk memes, Candace Owens, like, all that sort of shit. Like, people, like, fawning over Joe Rogan, like, oh, my God. So I, um, but, like, it's, before I talk about that, like, the people on the left, it was so easy to be against Donald Trump because it was so, like, blaringly obvious. It was stuff that you saw every day. You saw it on the streets. You saw him saying stupid things in his press conferences, like, and... You know, nobody wanted a fascist in the United States. Nobody wanted Nazis. Nobody wanted to deal with that. So it was so easy to be like, oh, well, I'm just going to vote for the guy to replace him. But now this stuff that's happening, it's not as obvious. It's harder to follow. It's harder to understand. And it doesn't impact you you every day.
1: You check out completely. If you say, all right, my guy's in there, like...
0: Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like, you don't wake up every day and be like, oh, he said something else stupid. And now, like, there's a police protest. Like, it just doesn't... It's not happening. So yeah, if you, uh, if you don't want to pay attention, you don't want to involve yourself, because a lot of these people who were anti-Donald Trump were just normal people. They were just people who tune into the news once a week, and they just so happen to see that this absolute monster is in charge. Uh, and because of the way that the Western media frames things, Joe Biden is never going to be portrayed in the same way, which again, he's not the same. But in this context, he really is. Um, he's doing no better than Donald Trump did or would have done.
1: And I would I would even say that like like Biden in his relationship with Israel runs way deeper than Trump's did. You know what I mean? Not that not that Trump would care about human rights violations and I mean
0: and Trump, Trump moved the embassy for Israel to Jerusalem. He was like, no, this is now officially in our eyes Israeli territory.
1: Yeah, but if he didn't do that, Biden would have too. You know what I mean? Like like that wasn't that's not something that like I get like that is that was a huge moment in terms of like for Israel. Yeah, but at the same time, like if that if that hadn't been done by the time Biden
0: got there, Biden would have done that. Yeah. Also, I don't actually because think Biden, Donald Trump knew what he was doing. I literally think yeah. he was just like, "Oh, this is going to get us a bunch of money for arms deals." 100. But Biden, Stephen Miller Biden, knew what he was doing.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. But Biden has a has a deep, long, and rich relationship with with one Netanyahu personally, mm-hmm. but also also the Israeli government as a whole. Like, there's videos of him like in like the 80s and 90s talking about how he's a Zionist and like. You don't yeah. have to be Jewish. You don't have to be Jewish to be a Zionist. And like, I just, I just feel like, I just feel like, I, there's a lot of people like myself who predicted this, who said, "Yo, like, I remember specifically, I was having conversations with people and saying, I understand you think that Biden is the savior for human, whom whom, human rights, but watch a few months after he's in office, what's going down in, in Palestine and Gaza." Yeah. And now, now we're in that exact same situation, and it's crickets from all those people that spent so long in the lead up to the election legitimately lecturing people about how how much of like a human rights savior Joe Biden is and how he's gonna return the soul of the country. And it's yeah. like he, he did he res- he restored the soul of the country which has always been funding war crimes in the Middle East.
2: Yeah, this
0: is what we always were. This is what we always were and he just wanted to bring us back to this. It's easy. And,
1: and I, I honestly feel like the reason that the US has been so heavily involved in Israel for the last you know 40, 50 years now. It's not because, it's not because they have this like general, general like uh, admiration for the Jewish faith or anything like that. I don't. I truly believe it's it. They view Israel as like a military base in the oh, middle of sure. the Middle East that they know is like it's literally just a pawn, a chess, a chess piece in their war games that they can use to control and subjugate and yeah. extract resources
2: from the That's all it is. They
0: needed control of somewhere in the Middle East, and we have managed to fuck up every other attempt that we've made at either working with or conquesting a nation in the Middle East, uh, and Israel was all we had left. That's exactly what 100%. it is. You, you, you pump them up with the biggest
1: military by like by
0: far mm-hmm. in all of the Middle East. And then
1: you, you ask them to do the things that do their, do your dirty work. You know what I mean? Like whenever
0: Israel bombed like the nuclear reactor in Iraq and, and you know what I mean? Or Yeah, that's what it is. And again, it's I'm always under the cover. Like it's always under the cover of, well, we need somebody on the ground to watch out for Hamas. We need someone on the ground to watch out for Iran. We need somebody on the ground to watch out for Iraq. Like that's all it ever is for them. It's just this cover of needing somebody to watch out for these other dangerous places.
1: That's why. That's why. So much of the like, like how, harking back to the point that you made about the Israeli citizens who were like dancing and singing while the tree in front of the mosque burned. Mm -hmm. I just feel like that. That is one hundred percent a byproduct of like American, like the Americanization of Israel. You know what I mean? Like, like whenever you pump up a military state like that, like that's gonna flow. Like if you listen to the interviews of people in Israel talking about the Arabs and the Palestinians. It's very reminiscent to right after nine 11, whenever you would ask yeah. like, most people in America and they would be like, oh, bomb them. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a, a lack of regard to oh, because of the fact that they have, you know what I mean? It's like when you're, when you're raised in an area that can, when you're raised as a bully who can beat up anybody and, on anything and nobody can really step to you like you're going to have a, a fucking warped ass worldview. And it, it just, it's very reminiscent to like a lot of the, the mainline American uh, ideologies that have, that have sprung up since. Yeah.
0: I mean, again, it's, the, it's this ultra nationalism that we're seeing from like the right wing now, like, cause like, again, like to my point, like about like, you know, I see all this right wing talk on one on Instagram uh, and it's always just a meme. It's like, Oh no, gas prices are high and there's a gas shortage and there's inflation uh, and Israel is being bombed by Hamas. But at least we don't have mean tweets like it, it's just this like gross again misrepresentation of everything but also this understatement of just like actually where things are at.
2: Yeah,
1: 100%. Um,
0: and also I see it from Twitter. I fucking I say this all the time. I follow Marjorie Taylor Greene on Twitter. It's the best thing that I do and also the worst thing that I do because uh, I feel like she's uh, super important to pay attention to because I she's if she doesn't get, <coughs> well, I was just going to say if she doesn't actually get like kicked out of office, uh, she will hold her, her seat forever uh, and she will always be like a mouthpiece for like the really fringe aspect That's of the far right. She's, she's 100%
1: plugged into that. Uh, ideology and that group that pool of crazy people that are that make up like some aspects of the american right right
0: now yeah if you want to know if you want to know where the fringe right is without donald trump uh just follow her because she absolutely is like indicative of it but she had one tweet um that i just responded to i was like you you're just the worst man and it's not even her worst one she's been calling the squad the jihad squad which is very (laughs) gross uh, so she's been hashtagging G squad and she just keeps like calling people out. Just, ah, AOC. If you want to be a role model for young women, then stop acting like a hate America, communist supporting terrorists that want to kill people and destroy our freedoms. Like it's, it's yeah. this like gross misrepresentation of everything. There's never been a moment where Palestine was like, oh, well, once we once, once we get our freedom from Israel, we're coming for America. But people have this like weird idea that Palestine and the Arab people, if they are able to break free from Israel, that they are going to all of a sudden like come for us and come for our values.
1: It's just people like that have no concept of the geopolitical landscape. It's just it's just easier to scare people by saying the terrorists are coming for you. And it's just it doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things. Granted, it works in Georgia, which I'm pretty sure where she was elected from.
0: Yeah, she's
2: in
1: Georgia. yeah, but it's not. It's not. I. I don't know. I have. I. She re- definitely represents the craziest faction of the right. But I don't see her.
0: Oh, she gets like global donations.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. But I don't see her ever being uh, a national
0: factor. other than No, the, the, but she's always going to be like uh, where the fringe voice is.
2: Yeah, and for every for every tweet she makes around. like
0: that, it's so influential. Every single time that she's able to just blanket call uh, Hamas and all Palestinians. The terrorists, like again, Hamas, uh, a militant terrorist group, but to then blanket it to all Palestinian people and use that in defense of Israel after everything that we just talked about,
1: yeah,
0: it's and disgusting. It but in, people listen.
1: In, she also, she also, when people like her, don't take into consideration the conditions that have led to a, a, a militaristic, you know, group like Hamas to have yeah. so much power inside of, you know, those. Those uh, parameters. So I, yeah. I, I feel like there's just so much of like, we could spend a lot of time talking about how fucked up Margaret Taylor Greene is, but she's just so blatantly, like, I don't want to say irrelevant because she is pretty relevant, but just blatantly uninformed and not acting in good faith. You know, yeah. But then I mean, the, you're the, always the, going to crazies like that that are just
0: fucking. And then know, we get the problem with that being, though, that after all of this, um, like, after everything that she says and after everything that she does, we still have a president who is pretty much saying just the softball version of the same thing. Yeah.
1: No, 100%. I don't know. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see where he moves on this in the coming days. I think that uh, he's definitely getting a lot of pressure from the left and a lot of people. So Yeah, we'll see where it surprise, moves. It wouldn't surprise me if... Uh, he comes out a little bit more forcefully, even though the, a lot of the damage is done and it's, I'll never be able to forgive him for the way he's handled it thus far, but it doesn't mean he shouldn't, you know, man up now and, and do the right thing.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to see if Ted Cruz uh, tweeted anything despicable about this.
1: I'm sure
0: he has. Uh, and he has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a lot of the same right-wing talking points. Um. Someone tweeted at AOC and said, "Like, ah, shame on you. You're you're wrong because you called Israel an apartheid state." And Ted Cruz just responded, "Yes." (laughs)
2: So,
0: since
1: we're we're, on the topic of really bad takes on Twitter, how about Andrew Yang completely tanking his candidacy
0: with one tweet? Did you (laughs) see his numbers? He's down seventeen percent from last month.
1: Seventeen percent. That's. Pretty awesome. I can't believe there was ever a time where I was like, yo, Gang's yeah, the man, like, he's, he's a real
0: good guy. Well, because when he was running for president, he never once actually spoke about what he thought about anything besides universal basic income <laughs> and the treatment of <laughs> – and if you want to talk about, like, his stance on the working class people, still a good stance. He still has a good understanding yeah. of what, like, the working class people in this country need – uh, to, an, so, to an
2: extent, though,
1: he also he also one thing about him, though, that I, I have I have seen that kind of goes against his working class hero persona is that he wants the UBI, but he also wants to use that as a way to uh, eliminate all other social programs. And, yes, and yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, That was always my thing that I told you about UBI which, that I thought it was which, just going to eliminate the safety net.
1: It doesn't have to be that way, but if in 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 his interpretation of that plan, do that, which means that if you're if you're somebody who is is eligible for more than whatever, twelve hundred dollars a month in in social safety net programs, like you're shit out of luck. You can take your twelve hundred dollars and go fuck off.
0: Yeah, yeah, no bad take. Uh, everybody's got bad takes now. Um, I,
1: will say, I will say to end this on a on a generally positive note, for as you know, as much as we can considering the situation. It's encouraging to see how many people are. Like waking up and realizing that this is uh, calling it for what it is—an ethnic cleansing, genocidal mission—and that there are war crimes, like many, many war crimes, being committed by the Israeli Mm -hmm. Israeli state.
2: Yeah,
1: and and I I also think too that um, not only is there a lot of people that are are speaking up about it, but there's a lot of people that are like organizing. Like I don't know I I don't particularly care for everything that he does, but there's this uh, YouTube and Twitch streamer named Vosh. Who yesterday oh, yeah. yeah he did a he did a um a live stream the other day it was a 24 hour live stream for the Palestinian children relief fund and he I probably by the time that we're done with this video it'll be over two hundred thousand dollars
0: raised yeah I heard about that
1: like, that's, that's pretty incredible man like there it's just things like that that are 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 give you a reason to at least have some hope that the general consciousness of of America and even a little bit larger like you know other liberal democracies are starting to
0: Yeah, it's funny, too, because that's so encouraging. uh, And like the way that like the left in Congress is rising up and calling out Israel and saying it's an apartheid state and like all this sort of stuff uh, that is encouraging. And also it is discouraging in the fact that there's such a blatant disconnect between the people who actually have the power to make these decisions versus the people who are just stuck having to yell about it all the time.
1: Yeah, the Thanks. people who literally like what like my man runs like, a YouTube channel and he said, Fuck what can I do? I'll just sit at a computer chair for 24 hours straight and raise as much money as I can.
0: Yeah. And meanwhile, That's you it. got again the actual like influential, like could end this. And he's just like, Yeah, I'll just give them more money for missiles. Yeah, no, hundred percent. So it's like it's it's just a drop in the
1: bucket in terms of like what can be done and is being done, but it's still it's still encouraging to see that. But, and his goal was only $100,000 over the whole 24 hours. So, like, yeah. within, within, like, 18 hours, he's raised double that from people that are just as pissed off about it all over the country and probably internationally, too. So, it's just yeah. things like that. You got to be able to hang your hat on some silver lining
0: here. You no, know. definitely. And, like, nothing You're is ever going to be immediate. Like, I think that we, like, always want, like, at least I do, I always just want, like, immediacy when it comes to, like, actual, like, really tragic issues like this.
2: Yeah, There's so nothing like,
0: I want more than just for like things to just be to just end to just be different. And yeah, it just when it,
1: comes to, when it comes to civilians being bombed it just seems like like it's not like it's something that's super complicated to end, you know? Like, you yeah. just stop bombing civilians and that could yeah. be an immediate re- like rescue. But even
0: if they stop this specific conflict, the same way that it happens every 5-6 years, it's going to happen in 5 or 6 more years unless the encouragement that we're getting from seeing people Uh, again, like progressives in Congress and people like us and that streamer and the the people who donated over $200,000, like over time, the influence uh, from people will grow. Um, And we can only hope that it's it's unfortunately not going to happen now. And it's probably not going to happen in the next decade. But eventually, like there will be enough influence to actually just be able to have a general global consensus to call things like this what they are.
1: The last the last thing that I wanna I wanna end this on is I wanna talk about how important president US presidential primaries are. Because Bernie Sanders I I, I hate the heart, I always feel like I gotta mention my man Bernie in, in these every these time. Talks. But I just think it's important to, to to contrast Biden's views on Israel and Bernie's views on Israel, because if, if we would if Bernie Sanders would have been elected president, this would not be happening right now. There is yeah. a zero percent chance that he would have continued to allow this kind of funding to Israel. Because he, he al- phone-
0: he's, he's already, he's openly saying that this is what it is. He's calling it what it is.
1: He also too went on during the debates, during the primary debates, he went on stage and called Netanyahu a reactionary racist and got cheers from a democratic crowd in attendance. Like, yeah. like it's, not, it's not it's not like it's not like rocket science, man. They they were there no. was all these think pieces about how like how Bernie would change Israel and how Netanyahu was fearing a Bernie Sanders presidency. And like, even if you date back to 2016 on the debate stage with Hillary Clinton, it was the first time a Democratic uh, uh, candidate ever challenged the front runner on their views towards the Palestinians, saying that they yeah. have yeah. a right to dignity and allow them to you know, live in peace. Like, these things matter. And it, and it might not seem like it on, on a scale at the time, like whenever, because most people don't really tune into primaries.
0: No, they don't. Just, you, know,
1: you, get, you get your general election and then you choose between the two and you're like, ah, I hate both these people but I got to make a decision.
0: Yeah. but it's I will say, the last primary, like, I think a lot of people tuned into.
1: A lot of people in, in terms of like more than usual but there was so many people like even when we both used to work at Melt like who I would yeah. talk to and they'd be like, well, I'll vote against Trump whenever it comes to, to but like I, I don't really follow the primaries. Yeah. And it's just like, it's just like these things matter not even just to us but on an international level. Like, Mm-hmm. We need to view our vote as a, as a way to to end suffering on an international scale, like to prevent to prevent serious atrocities and war crimes. Like it, it doesn't seem like a big deal to you, but but like the Palestinians were praying and and pleading for Bernie. Like there was all, every single Palestinian group, Palestinian American group inside of the United States has had endorsed him and were showing up to his rallies and. Yeah. Like, you, just to, you just need to listen to these things because we're yeah. gonna have an opportunity to do this again in two years. You know what I mean? I want this. I want this conflict to be in the minds of every Democratic voter who is deciding whether or not to really pay attention to the Democratic primaries because,
2: yeah,
1: in many ways, that there's gonna be somebody who rises up to challenge either Joe Biden or Kamala Harris who will have similar views to Bernie
0: yeah. on Israel real balance. The the importance of presidential primaries, the importance of your representatives and your senators, too. Like, a lot of people really only think about the president, Um, but, like, there wouldn't be a squad to bring attention to congressional floors if it wasn't for house, House elections.
1: I just mean, I agree, like, local elections in general are very important for other reasons, but if we're talking about foreign policy in terms of, like, executive aid, like, like, this is this is one of those issues that is, like, I don't want to say exclusively re- reliant on on pre- the presidential aspect of it. Oh, it definitely like, exactly, is. Yeah, like, if, 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 if it wasn't Joe Biden in office right now and it was somebody like a Bernie Sanders, the situation would be totally different regardless of the we, – and we wouldn't have to rely on five members of the squad. Yeah, carrying, for sure. Trying to shift the public opinion all on their own for we sure Sanders they can call saying hey you, you drop one more bomb and you can say goodbye to any funding from here on out you yeah I mean? yeah
0: like, no definitely you are absolutely correct to,
1: it's just important to pay attention to these things and in the future with these important elections that are coming up it just stay engaged and i know that it's depressing and that people don't want to follow it or whatever but like people around the world are counting on us to not be fucking idiots
0: yeah no we're supposed to be this beacon yeah. We're we say be, it all the time.
1: Historically, we never have been, but like now would be a fucking really good time to yeah. start.
0: We say it all the time. Like, yeah, we say it all the time. It's just, it's fucking Well, so
1: With that being said, I'll sign off like I did last time. Bernie 2024. <laughs> I, uh, I I appreciate you, guys, you having me on, my man. So this was definitely a good talk. Very therapeutic for me, too, as I was holding a lot of this shit in over the last few weeks
0: now. Oh, I feel you, man. You just got to get it. You just got to let it go. No, I'm glad to have you on. You clearly, like, again, like, this is something you're even more knowledgeable about than I am. Uh, so it's always a good opportunity to be able to learn something. So it, it was definitely, it was definitely good, good all around. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's been real, man. Uh, and audience, thank you so much for tuning in. Remember to continue to like, share, follow me on social medias at Pod um hope you guys like this episode if you do please give some feedback if you don't please also give some feedback but just be really gentle because i'm sensitive uh all right just remember keep being frank